0: You might be shaking your head and saying, illusion? This is an illusion? Yeah, right. It feels like there's so much separation on the planet right now and fear, fears that are debilitating, fears that may be a symptom of some horrible terminal disease that threatens to take us all down or not. So what's going on? How do we stay calm? in the midst of chaos? How do we love one another in a milieu of hatred, words that hurt and actions that destroy? How do we relax and lean into the necessary change as systems and structures that no longer serve us crumble all around us? These are a lot of questions, I have a few more here. How can we be part of the solution? and not fuel the widening spread of polarization and resistance? And finally, how do we cultivate all the positive change and stay focused on our own health and development during the evolution of consciousness on our planet? These are some big questions. And I have even bigger questions for our conversation today because who better to help navigate change in these turbulent times than my sweet dear friend and intuitive healer and spiritual guide. So I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind, connect with your heart and settle into your essential wholeness. As I introduce our guest, Cheryl Lind is a medical intuitive healer, seer, author and spiritual guide who uses powerful divinely guided healing techniques to bring your body, your physical body and your entire being into balance. She assists clients around the world remotely by phone or Skype. And she's a popular and grounded. She's going to kind of chuckle when I say this because I added this in because I think it's <laughs> you need to know this. She's a very popular and grounded Facebook presence, and is part of our Empower Radio team right here, bringing a daily dose of empowerment and wisdom to the Inspirations page. I invite you to check that out. Check out her 90-second messages there. She's brilliant, and so many people love reading her daily posts on Facebook, so so do I. Welcome, Cheryl. Thank you,
1: Julie. Um, That's awesome that you added that make me giggle
0: a little. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is so true. And, you know, um, the the thing that's important about that is that there's so much, um, what do I want to say? Just, yeah, yeah, adversity on social media right now with the milieu of what's going on in our country and around the world, and there's just so much more that we can say about that. We're going to. We're going to have a great conversation about it, but I think you know I have a traditional first question here on the show, so I'm going to start with that, Cheryl, and ask Mm -hmm. you, what does All Things Connected mean to you? All Things
1: Connected, for me, is really... And I forget that you forgot that you asked that question (laughs) on the beginning of your show, and I (laughs) have lots of your shows, so it's good you got me. You caught me off guard for a minute. Um, What "All Things Connected" to me means—it's very, like I feel it as soon as you say it, because what I've become more and more aware of as my um, my senses have opened up to different. Um, realms of consciousness. Let's say, I've realized that there's so much unseen that connects us. So there's the connections, the obvious connections, you know, where we have family and friends, and we're connected through the internet and media, and there's all those. But there's there's a deeper connection from soul to soul, from being to being, to not just human beings, but every bit of life is connected through multiple channels of awarenesses where it's it's a physical connection, it's a spiritual connection, it's an energetic connection, and when you get quiet enough, you can feel it. You can feel it in every cell of your body and in those times where you feel like that lone wolf and that you're really doing it all by yourself. Really the thing that's the most comforting for me, and I know that I've shared with others and that, that they have also found so comforting, is to tune into those connections beyond your human body and beyond, beyond the awareness of your mind because you are never alone. It's, it's actually crowded <laughs> with the number <laughs> of connections. once you Uh, start tuning
0: into it. (laughs) I love that. It's actually crowded. Yeah, you know, and when you were saying that, I could feel it in every cell. Like my cells were, were waking up going, yes, 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 thank you for that answer. And it's like this connection within as well as without. It's like there's absolutely no separation when we allow ourselves to just really be Like you said, just be still and be quiet and and kind of greet, greet Mm -hmm. everybody. So thank you. I love that. Thank you so much. Thanks for the question. You bet. Cheryl, you and I have been friends, and I'm looking forward to this conversation because – some of our best times were <laughs> I want to just say this are we did a, a road trip across the country driving in my little prius and we had the best conversations and i really want our time together today to just feel like that that time when we were just in the car kind of pondering and playing and musing on these topics because it is so fun to see what wants to pop. And we've had some amazing conversations. So you are a brilliant, amazing healer. I have to attest to that and Mm -hmm. witness that here. You are an amazing intuitive. You have so many gifts to give the world, but I'm not going to sit and interview you about that because we have a lot to talk about. And so thank you for agreeing to be on my show and have this this conversation because it's a difficult one. And I just had this conversation yesterday with a group of people and we were, you know, talking about a response to to what's happening on our planet and all the fear and anxiety. And it was really quite interesting to watch myself shift from even just I'm going to I'm going to open this as a question to you even watching myself shift from wow I've got to do something we've got to step in we've got to respond how do we respond with truth and love and how do we support people and how do we midwife all that's coming up and all the changes and all the emerging of, of beautiful, amazing forms and yet be a warrior that's protecting our peeps, you know, and I I just watched this with myself. So I'm just curious. I'm going to open this up um, at the top of the show here by just kind of asking for your reflections on what you see happening on our planet and and more specifically in, in our country with this Post election, as we know, it's rippled from from Europe and maybe heading back over there with France. We don't know what's going on, but there's this shift going on everywhere. I'd love to hear your reflections.
1: Yes, on the one hand, it's an amazing time to be alive. We're witnessing we're witnessing things shift in ways that. Um, hasn't been possible before because there weren't enough people aware enough to, as you say, midwife <laughs> the shift and birth, birth it, mm. where we were really more in a uh, victim place. And just the way that our history has been, you know, there have been major shifts and major upheavals in the past but now there's enough of us who I would say are awake to the bigger picture of where this is all heading and why it's all happening where when you're into when you can tune into that when you can tune into the fact that these structures as you say these structures are breaking down so that we can rebuild in a way that actually makes sense because a lot of these structures that worked you know for hundreds of years they don't actually work anymore and it's painfully obvious to most of us that they don't work and yet we don't really know in general in a general way what's going to replace it so the tendency is to hang on and try and figure out how to hold it together rather than letting it fall apart and understanding that it needs to fall apart in order to come back together mm. so I think that um, from a practical standpoint what happens to many of us and it doesn't matter whether you consider yourself a leader out in the world and, you know I've got a, I've got a do something because, you know, I've said I would, I've already stepped up and said I'm going to lead in, in my community or lead, even leading in my family, or whether you just are feel more like, you know, you're just going along enjoying your life or struggling through life or whatever the case may be, and you feel that your piece of the puzzle is a little bit, you know, more at home, it doesn't matter. Everyone is feeling this pull, Something has to change. Maybe I should be doing something. I don't know what to do. And so there's a little bit of a feeling of everyone going willy-nilly trying to figure out, well, you know, I can write to my congressman. Oh, I can show up here and protest. Oh, I can do this. I can do that. And what I will say to all of that on an individual basis is that we have to understand what our piece is what is ours to do and not take on the whole thing. Cause that I think is what contributes to the feeling of overwhelm and truly for many despair. I, I'm sure you have too, spoken to many people and clients who just are just feeling powerless and they don't know what to do and getting depressed about, about the situation. Um, and it's and it's not even about either side, you know, um, doesn't matter whether you voted this president in or not, <laughs> there's a feeling of unrest no matter what. And so addressing it very personally is really important to really tap in and tune into what is, what is your piece, what is your piece to do. It might not be what you think. It might, you might have friends who are very active and, you know, they're going to go to Standing Rock or they're going to go protest or they're going to, you know, write a, an article that's going to published in a major newspaper or something. And, but that's not your piece. Your piece is perhaps you're a teacher and you have a conversation with your students or just uh, have a conversation with your children. You know, there are many, many ways to make a difference. And I think it's important to tune into what your piece is.
0: Mm. I know we're going to go into that more because I think it's really important for our listeners. And you and I both asked some of our communities questions for questions for our conversation. And and some of the specifics of that are in there. But I want to just pause for a moment And really here, what we're talking about as you opened this up with the the breakdowns, that that there's so much that's no longer serving us. And and the culture and the society and the social forms that we've had for the last couple hundred years really were built from a consciousness of separation and fear, of, of really believing that we're separate from one another, from the earth, and from... God, source, creator—however you want to say that—and and so as these things break down, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a little story, because I think that um, it was so helpful for me yesterday. Going, oh, I get this at a different level as well. Um, Cheryl, I want I want your feedback on this story, but when when you said sometimes it just needs needs to fall apart before we can rebuild something new, and so the witnessing of this incredible time of everything falling apart, it seems like, you know, education, healthcare, government, everything is breaking down, right? Yesterday, when I was with a group and we were talking about our response, I was reminded of sitting by my father's bedside during his death, and I remember it was it was the last, it was supposed to be just a couple hours. We were in the last stages of his death and it lasted longer than 11 hours. And literally everything was shutting down. It was an uncomfortable place to be. And yet we were all just hanging on so much on one hand, wanting him to pass peacefully on the other hand, resisting death. And we were just this whole experience. And I remember waking myself during that time and coming into the bigger picture, like we're talking about here, the, the visionary in me, the intuitive and the, the spiritual side of me kind of woke me and said, Julie, this is a beautiful portal and your resistance doesn't help. It reminded me of childbirth and my first son and having having labor and back labor so bad and and not knowing how to relax into this process. And so I woke during that and I went, "Oh yeah, relax into this and allow this to happen." Now, the hospice nurse stepped in when when I moved away from the bedside and and moved out of that realm. She went, "Oh yeah, let's all move out and give him some space and then death occurred very quickly when we all relaxed into that process. Now, I know that's a tender story of mine, but I think that we're talking about a death here in a lot of ways, and people are grasping to what they know because it's the only thing that we know. And so, we're trying to fix, repair, hang on to. We're trying to resist the breakdown. We're resisting change, and we're fighting against something here. I know that's very big and I know people are in pain, but I'm just wondering if you can respond to that a little bit. Give me your reflections.
1: It is like a, it is like a a birth or a death. I mean, it's when we're going through a big transition from one consciousness to another consciousness to another level of consciousness where even the physical vibration of the earth has changed Mm -hmm. and that's affecting everything including our physical bodies and that discomfort that a lot of people are describing. it's, It's certainly reflected outwardly in the, in the world where there's so much unrest on all levels, not just here in the United States, but it's also this, this sense in our physical bodies, and I, 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 have lots of clients that come to me with interesting symptoms right now, and interesting, um, interesting disease processes that seem to clearly be a reflection of this. Because as our bodies are responding to the shift in vibration, which is literal, it's like scientific, it's a vibration that the frequency of the planet has changed. As our bodies try to capacitate that energy, that new energy, it kind of goes haywire a little bit. It's like we're not built for it quite. And so we are changing as all of these outward changes are happening around us. Our physical bodies are also changing. And when you understand that, then... And you connect with higher levels of consciousness, we'll say. So whether you call it God, spirit, universe, angels, you know, ascended beings, whatever that is for you, it doesn't really matter. But when you understand that there are higher levels of consciousness that are assisting us at all times and that these changes that we're going through are ultimately for our greatest good, then that's that's when you can start to relax and understand that that panic that you feel it's not just because of an incident that you saw in the news it's like a general feeling in your body of things shifting and not fully understanding why it feels so weird to be in a human body right now you know <laughs> and mm. it's real it's real it's not you're, you're not make, making up the symptoms and sometimes they're, you know, very obvious and can be measured with, you know, medical devices, you know, blood pressure rising or, you know, cells changing or things like that. But it doesn't always mean that you're, the thing, that there's something wrong. It just means that it's changing. And I think that that's a great way to look at all of these changes. It doesn't, we we think, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, there's something wrong. This is bad. This is wrong. Something's wrong. And we have to fix it no i'm not saying that there's not action being called for it's just that 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 perspective of there's something wrong is very different than taking a look at the situations in your life or the situations that are happening in the world and looking at them and saying this is shifting, this is changing for our greatest good ultimately. And therefore, even though it's painful, even though it feels like I'm being ripped away from all that I know and all that I have depended on for feelings of security, there must be a greater purpose in all of this. And it's much easier to relax into action when you come from that place and that bigger vision than Mm -hmm. you know trying to chase after a solution or trying to figure out oh my god oh my god i gotta do something what can i do like you know oh this person's doing that i'll do that (laughs) you know Um, (laughs) instead of really seeing what is yours to do what is your piece yeah yeah you know and sometimes it's holding space for others it's not like you're not going to be the one that's going to come up Come up with the big thing that's going to shift everything, but your participation has more to do with supporting others. You know?
0: Yeah. So, you know, you're um, talking about our physical changes. I just want to ask something briefly before we go into break, and then we can talk about our social body and these changes. And thank you for, for really looking at that death canal, birth canal issue as well. We had one um, listener who asked, how do we bring our energy back up when it feels so tired, when we get pulled into it all? And we only have about three minutes till break. I'm wondering if you have just a quick technique or response of how do we bring our energy back? Um, We're going through all this physical change. What do we need to do?
1: That's an awesome question. And I'll briefly briefly tell you a little bit and Julie you already know this story about um, how I discovered that uh, insomnia and lack of sleep was can can actually be a trick of the brain <laughs> and yes it's the same thing with just feeling tired and exhausted so um, the main thing to realize is that the body is so wise and the body functions pretty darn well without intervention on our part. And, but it does listen to us because it's a partner with us. And so if we're walking around saying we're exhausted, is, you know, tell, talking about how exhausted we are, acting like an exhausted person does, I'm going to tell you, you're going to be 10 times more exhausted than if you don't talk about it. <laughs> And um, what I, you know, and I'll share, you know, with your listeners here um, briefly, what I did with sleep was I was, I had insomnia and I couldn't figure out how to knock it. And I know a lot of people have this issue. And so the first thing I did was I decided to stop looking at the clock before I went to bed and when I would wake up and I just stopped looking at the clock. I wouldn't, and then I stopped calculating how many hours I had slept. That was the next piece. And uh, and throughout this, I decided I would stop talking about how tired I was. And that those things really helped a lot. And it got better. And then there was a certain point where I said, you know what? I am going to trust my body to know how much sleep it needs. And what if it's not right that we need eight hours of sleep a night? What if my body actually knows how much sleep it needs? And whether it's two hours or 12 hours, it's perfect. And I tell you, when I... When I really got that and reminded, I had to remind myself a lot first, but then when I really got that, I rarely am tired. And if I am tired, I listen. Do I need to take a little rest? Like, am I literally, does my body want to sleep? Most of the time, it's no. It's more that I've been thinking about how tired I am or I've been resisting uh, something that's presenting that I don't want to do or I'm scared or, you know, resistance often makes us really tired. So I just wanted to, to uh, share that with your listeners because that really, really is a key to um, having the vitality and energy to do what we're here to do. We are, we are being facilitated constantly and when you tap into, again, those higher levels of consciousness, you can get energized in an instant. It's like flipping a switch. You just you just ask those higher levels, you know, energize me, you know, I need I have things to do and it'll it'll come back up. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it may not seem that simple, but it really can be.
0: So that was a perfect out of the box answer to a very important question. And I love that. And listeners, I know you're gonna love that too. Like our friends out there. Wow. Thinking about that very, very differently. We are going to get so much more great wisdom just like that right after the break. We're going to take a quick break. We're here with Cheryl Lynn talking about navigating change. We'll be right back. the empower meditation channel today might be the day I drop out of school today could be the last day I try my parents alone can't stop me my friends can't even stop me but you might be able to with United Way you could tutor me be my mentor or volunteer to just read with me if someone had helped me earlier I might not be struggling And studies prove that kids who read well by third grade are more likely to graduate. There are tons of ways people like you can help kids like me stay in school. And United Way is calling for you to be one of them. Because it takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between me becoming one or the other could be you. Make me a success, not a statistic.
1: Take the pledge to volunteer now at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council.
0: Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to
1: give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. I start laundry at 8. At 10, we go for a walk.
0: (laughs) Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. For
1: those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved
0: one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
1: Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration.
0: Empower your life. Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today or Cheryl, I invite you to take a moment and listen to it again, you can do that by visiting our website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archives and you can listen to the Links of, um, or you can look at the listing of upcoming guests and also share it with others. Share it with your friends. Hopefully, there's going to be a message of hope in here, inspiration, and you can do that. Share it with your friends by going to thedrjulieshow.com. So, thank you for doing that. Also, stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, and you can find Cheryl at cosmic, thecosmicconduit.com. The Cosmic Conduit. Conduit.com. We both would love to hear from you. Um, love to know how how is this conversation? How is this conversation today? Was it helpful? We'd love your feedback, right, Cheryl? Yes. Yes, we would. <laughs> yes. So, Cheryl, I, we both asked our communities and said, "Hey, what are your questions when we talk about navigating change in these turbulent times?" And we have. A lot of really beautiful questions here. And so I want to just take a few and go down the list here and they might not feel like they're in order, but I trust that um, it will all flow because it's all important. There's so much here. So I'm going to start with this one because I think as we talk about our our own health and well-being and the energies and the shifts and taking care of our physical bodies, which we want. We encourage everyone to take care of themselves first here. There's also this, um, this is an interesting question. And I'm going to tell you, I'm hearing, don't have this new age soppiness where we we love him no matter what, meaning our president-elect. No, we have to be vigilant. We have to prevent this and this and this and there's this almost this spiritual confusion of oh are we are we feeding this polarization by putting our energy there or are we putting our head in the sand so i'm going to ask this question first it's a two part question how do we raise our concerns about all of this without increasing division and adding to the polarization that has grown ever sharper In our country and we're talking about you know okay here's this president-elect and now we have these appointees of of question we've got policy question we've got all this non-traditional stuff going on and secondly so how do we raise our concerns and maybe is the polarization and division actually something to avoid is it necessary for sacred destruction to move toward it. So this question's really big. And we had several of them that were on these same lines, Cheryl, both you and I of this polarization. Like if we put our focus and attention on it, doesn't it increase polarization? Doesn't it contribute to what we're, we're not wanting to address? But then how do we really hold this? It's kind of like this identity of our our inner divinity and this the sacredness of the big picture knowing this bigger picture how do we stay calm and yet act in selfless service to this greater whole here i know it's complicated but let's <laughs> let's let's try to address this one what about this polarization what do we put our attention on you know i love this question and it also you're right it's a huge
1: question because you know I think that in my world, there's a lot of woo-woo answers to questions like this. And and I could give you one of those, but I tend to be more grounded (laughs) in the way I look at things. Um, Although I see things, you know, from other dimensional realms, I also see that we're here living on the earth and there's some practical things as well. I think one of the biggest things, um, I remember I'm not remembering his name right now. I remember reading this this book um a long time ago, and it talked. it spoke about how to communicate uh to avoid polarization and um it really had more to do with listening and I think that that becomes one of the greatest issues in an environment like this that I mean you know if you're if you're having a heated argument with someone and actually I wrote today a little bit about <laughs> if if any of you have raised a teenager and they get to that rebellious stage where it doesn't matter what you say to them they're going to talk back they want to be right they're testing their wings they're trying to figure out who they are and they will just have an answer for everything that you say to them and And, you know, just be very righteous and dig in their heels. Of course, it depends on the personality of the teenager, but it's kind of a common thing with teenagers to go through a period of that. And this is, I realized this morning when I was thinking about the adults that I know, including myself sometimes, where you've thought a certain way or you've had a certain belief system, maybe your whole life. And you've surrounded yourself with like-minded people because I mean we naturally do that, and now all of a sudden you're getting into arguments or starting to have your beliefs questioned, or people saying that um, you know my way is the right way and. And you're saying, well, wait a minute. <laughs> and you can do one of two things: you can be the rebellious teenager and say, "No, I'm right. You're wrong," and you know, get into that whole energy of it. But what I found was, and it doesn't—it doesn't even matter which side of the of the argument you're on. No matter which side you're on, you're still you. You have your unique uh, makeup, your unique. Um, ways of looking at things beyond what you've learned, beyond the belief systems that um, you've adopted over the years. There's like a truth that only you can tap into for yourself. And in these times, it's challenging sometimes to to access what that actually is for you. But I think that that's what we're being called to, not just individually, but as a nation, as the people across the planet. Like, what is our truth? What is the truth? And it's not a right or wrong or a... um, uh, It's not to come up with the truth for everyone. It's about yourself and what actually works for you. And then is there something to do about it when you're faced with an opposing view? So... One of the interesting things that happened to me was I had someone in my life who was an adamant supporter of the candidate who I did not vote for and just passionate about it. And I decided to do something instead of just saying, you're an idiot, (laughs) which was my first impulse, like, seriously, seriously. I mean, I can understand saying, well, you know, maybe there's some good points here or something like that. But this person was like, no, absolutely every single point that, you know, that this candidate makes is is the truth. And everyone should, you know, wake up and smell the roses. And again, I'm purposely not saying which side it was because it doesn't matter. It could be either. Right. And I decided to actually start asking her some questions. Why, so tell me, like, well, you know, why do you, you know, and I seriously wanted to know, like, what is it about this particular um, uh, platform, about this issue, like, what, what is it that you see as positive about it? Like, how do you think that that could help us? And I really, really listened, and you know what I found? It was almost embarrassing to myself because I really had an attitude about it at first, but I realized that some of the points were actually, I could kind of see where she was coming from. So that opened a door for understanding. That opened a door for compromise. That opened a door for, you know, a big part of it was I could see how fear and things that had happened in the past were a big part of why, she was making the decision that she was making. Mm. She wanted things to be different and because she had had some really rough times um financially and you know with her health and the health care system had not supported her and There were all these reasons why she wanted a change, and she felt that this would be the change that she that would help her and I understood, and it was from this place where I then got my bigger perspective. And to understand that just because, you know, there may be some things that are not, um, are not in the highest <laughs> for, for us as a humanity um, doesn't mean there are also some other things contained in this current situation that could be of great benefit, even if it's to break down the system so something else can, you know, replace it.
0: That's a Thank you for that response. I think of, um, you know, not everyone can hold the tension of the opposites while they each try to take a step toward the center. You know, it's kind of like the old way of really looking at um, how do we do this. But at the same time, we trust. And this is an, another one of our um, comments from one of our community members was that um, trusting that the divine is in this process, even as it breaks down. And so, you know, some of us are really being used in one capacity while others are being used in the other. And we have to trust this higher order. I'm going to go to this next question because we got lots of them. And I want to at least hit a few more of them um, before before we have to close here. And I think that um, this is nice. How do we find the best ways to truly be there for one another in deeply healing ways that will actually bring about real spiritual tra- change, a true movement upward into lasting unconditional love. And uh, many people are saying, and there's much more to this question and, and others who mirrored this was you know wow it seems like this is taking us so far down and so many steps backwards and yeah right lasting unconditional love and and movement upward this feels like we've just taken decades backwards (laughs) centuries backwards so how do we find the best ways to truly be there for others in healing ways for me
1: as soon as you said it I had this vision of individuals think about think about times where we've had upheaval like nine eleven that's a good example, or uh Katrina you know into katrina and Although there was horrible things that you know went along when there's catastrophes like that, if you look, there are also These amazing stories of people being kind to one another, of being generous, of offering assistance, of volunteering to help their fellow human. And that is, like, we don't have to wait for a big crisis for that. That is, in whatever way that you are led in your everyday life, it might be in a really big way, like you might financially be able to assist an organization that you feel called to assist that, you know, might, might be um, assisting people to heal emotionally from different traumatic things that they might experience. Or you might be a healer yourself and feel called to write. I mean, I know that that's been a big part of what I've been doing for the past year on my blog and Facebook page, I've just been called to tune in to my higher level, my guides, and write things that will assist people to come back to center and come back to the bigger perspective. You might be called to do something as simple as buy a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter, make the entire loaf into peanut butter sandwiches and go distribute them at, at the park where the homeless are. That might be something you would do. But I think remembering kindness is such a huge thing. It sounds, well, maybe a little Pollyanna-ish to some people. <laughs> like, oh, yes, all sunshine and flowers. But no, really. We're here, we're human beings on this planet with each other, living side by side. And if we start, you know, poking at each other and trying to make each other wrong or trying to prove our point, kindness is going by the wayside. And kindness helps heal those fears and those... That feeling of despair that a lot of people have right now, a kind gesture, remembering that someone cares and and loves you, It's, it's huge.
0: So Cheryl, I'm going to interrupt for a minute because there was another question that said, how do we remain compassionate towards people who are being abusive or mean toward others? And we're talking about us being kind to others, but how do we be kind when people are not being kind? you know this is so perfect because
1: i i took a walk yesterday it was gorgeous here in Arizona I took a walk yesterday and I, I i love all the different varieties of cacti that we have here and i i sometimes some of them they look visually like really fuzzy and cute and and, and it would be tempting to actually pet it or hug it but if you live here, you know that even the fuzzy-looking ones will leave little tiny owies in your skin. Hmm. So you don't touch them. You don't come near them. And so, and the other there's there's also this thing that I learned you know, from walking in the desert. There's some cacti that their defense isn't just having the spines on them. But if you get close, too close to them, they shoot the spines out at you. So, and I think. I was thinking that this is just uh, how people are behaving right now sometimes and that you can have compassionate detachment where you're, you're not going to go up and, um, you know, they're there, honey, you know, like when someone's railing at you and attacking you, you, and I think, I think it has to do with the energy that you hold. So I always, when someone's really upset, and railing at me, breathing and stepping away, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you're not going to go and walk next to the cactus that's shooting spines at you (laughs) that would not Mm. be smart. You're not going to pet it. You're going to have a safe distance, but you're going to see that underneath that protective layer that it's just doing what it's doing to protect itself because it's feeling threatened and it's Mm. feeling fear. And you can do that from a distance and the way to actually then make the inroads is has to do with that listening that I talked about earlier, where in that moment, it may not be appropriate to listen to, to what they're saying because they're in attack mode. But if you can let them know, just like with a, with a small child who's having a temper tantrum, when you're ready to come down... And we can talk about you having the ice, whether you're going to have the ice cream or not. But we're not talking about it until you calm down, right? The same kind of thing. I would love to have a discussion with you about this when you're calm. But this, we can't have a discussion about this now. So there, there's that. Um, and I also, I also just, Julie. We are more powerful than we realize, whether or not you're tuned into the effect that the fact that your energy can shift things around you or not. Would you know that about yourself? There are so many possibilities to literally shifting your own energy into a more peaceful state and then projecting that forward into whatever situation you're going to. And setting that intention, it's not even, you don't even have to literally set that intention. When you become a walking embodiment of peace and possibility, then that does affect people. I know it feels much better when I'm around someone, when I'm having a a rough time, when I'm around someone who says, I know you're having a rough time right now, and I know it feels like you're never going to get through it, but I... I see the bigger picture for you and it will be fine. That feels way better than someone just commiserating with me, right?
0: Yes, you know, and that goes into another question and back to the previous question. So I just want to really put it stop and put an explanation or an exclamation point on that because, um, you know, the, the previous question was, you know, will this actually bring about spiritual change? And when, what you're talking about of really pausing for ourselves and raise our vibrational frequency into that place of peacefulness and into our joy and gratitude. And really, when we can, it goes back to what you were saying, when we know there's the bigger picture, we know several people wrote in and said, okay, I know that this is um, there's more going on that meets the eye and it feels like everything is going to hell in a handbasket, but does it really work to raise our vibrational frequency and be this calm? And what you're, what you're talking to, speaking to says, yeah, we make a difference to those around us. We make a difference to the energy and collectively, the more of us that stay calm and raise our vibrational frequency and really hold those frequencies of, of Of gratitude joy peacefulness and that love frequency it does make a difference can you speak to that how does that collect how does that happen and and we have about five minutes left in the show how does us as those that can be calm how does raising our frequency affect the collective you know it's
1: interesting so I'm going to kind of go in a circuitous route (laughs) to answer the question. (laughs) Because as you're talking, I'm I'm remembering something that has been really important for me. And um, it has to do with understanding that ultimately nothing or no one can take you out of the game. Mm. And... When we're in uh, an environment like we are right now where there's a lot of fear, that is ultimately what we're afraid of, that something's going to take us out, something's going to kill us, something's going to kill our planet, you know, that we're all going to destruct, right? And this is where that having that spiritual awareness is essential, where we understand that literally we will go on even without our physical bodies. And when you have that knowing, when you have that, that deeper understanding, then all the scary stuff that that happens on a, a daily, monthly, you know, yearly basis in, in our world, it's not all of a sudden it's not so scary anymore because then you realize that ultimately you're just here to do the best you can while you're in this body at this time and that when you embody that deep knowing that nothing can take you out, that is the thing. And, and then when enough of us do, that is the thing that brings that peace and that calm and that awareness of our interconnectedness. Because if nothing can take me out, then nothing can take you out and that, That means that, you know, people can scream scream at us and yell at us and, you know, change our government and restrict our freedoms and all these things could happen. But if they did, we still will go on. Someone could take us out of our physical body and kill us. And we still go on. And from, you know, my perspective, we still can make a difference, people without a human body. How powerful is that? awareness, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. when we have that collectively, that collective awareness, and it's, you know, everyone's got their different belief systems and religious backgrounds and things like that. I'm not saying that everyone has to believe, you know, the words that I've chosen to use, but it, it really is about coming back to the awareness of being one with the infinite, one with the all, one with God, one with the universe, whatever your words are for it. Because that is more powerful. That is where we are connected through love, which is the most powerful force in the universe.
0: Hmm. Cheryl, thank you. You know, um, your last (laughs) response here, I'm just going check, check, check. There's, there were so many people asking, how do we not get caught up in the fear? How do we stay positive? What if we are a minority? And this is a real fear. And this is a real threat. And you just have answered so many other questions with that perfect ending to our show. This has been yummy, dear Cheryl. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for joining me and having this conversation today.
1: It went so fast, Julie. <laughs> oh my goodness,
0: <laughs> it did go fast. And you know it what? So what it, it it did go so fast, and <laughs> as it's going fast here, it just um, I think we have to do it again because it's like there are so much. There's so much more of This isn't a fun topic, and it's very real. So I just want to thank you and invite you back. And let's just look at our calendars and get you back on because we can pick this up and do um, number two.
1: Thank you so much. This was this was I love you know as you know I can't get enough of talking talking with you and having conversations with you. So <laughs> this was a great opportunity to um, connect and and really about some some stuff mm. that is uh, is challenging
0: right now. So thank yeah, you, Julie. You're amazing. Thank you. So thank you for tuning in, listeners. You've been listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. I'd like to thank you for joining us. And remember, together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.